Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking with Meredith about sharing her best exercise tips if you suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, Great stuff we're going to dive into today. Are you ready to do this, Meredith? I'm ready. All right. We'll see you guys on the inside. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Senior Fitness Podcast with Meredith. We're really, really happy you're here today. We're going to be diving into a really important uh, subject today, something that I don't think we get to see a whole lot of. Um, Meredith's going to be sharing her best exercise tips for anyone who may suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, So really important, and we're really happy you're here for this episode. Uh, But before we dive into that, we just want to give you a friendly reminder to visit our website, www.seniorfitness.com with meredith.com and sign up for our newsletter and get all of our latest and greatest content delivered to your email inbox every week. Uh, we really enjoy staying in touch with you. So thank you for being here and thank you for doing that. Um, so yeah, today's topic on uh, our podcast, we are talking about some of the exercise tips that uh, you have, Meredith, for people who suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, You've had a lot of experience in in working with many clients over the years, many ages, as well as people who maybe have the signs of these types of diseases. Correct. We'll yes, call them right. Definitely. Um, what what kind of experiences mm-hmm. do you have? You know that you can share with our listeners on just overall general what you're mm-hmm. what you what you noticed. Um, what I notice, let's see, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I'll say I've, I've worked for, in a range, like you said, from either working in memory care, so people were diagnosed um, with some type of cognitive disability, whether it be Alzheimer's, dementia, um, other things. Um, but I working even in independent and assisted living where people haven't been diagnosed or they're still with their partner or spouse, Um, So they have yet to transition over or into memory care Um, coming into class. So you have to change things slightly um, because you're you're working with someone. Not to say everyone's not the same where we have different days um, and different moments every single moment. But um, working with someone with a cognitive impairment of some kind, you really have to slow things down. I guess I'm kind of giving away what we have to do with our workouts, but you mm-hmm. really have to kind of slow things down. Um, and that's what I kind of learned how to do, it, especially in memory care, because you're working with a bunch of people that are quote unquote the same, whether, um, you know, depending on what their their cognitive impairment is. We're going to say that probably a million times today. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're working, of course, in an independent living class and someone comes in with their partner or spouse, you, um, yeah, you, you can't gauge the class around the one person, but you really have to watch them closely. Mm-hmm. I'll say that because I've had to do that many a time. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so essentially when you've been teaching a class and you have some people in there or a few people or one or two who, who right. you know have signs of Alzheimer's, this kind of dementia. Right. That you're you're keeping an eye on them, you know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just for them. It it is, yeah. It comes down to safety always for anyone. Um, but if you're going at a regular speed of a class, that can be a little bit too much uh, for some. Um, at any level, actually, but mm-hmm. it can be too much for some, especially so if I was teaching just memory care, I really slowed things down um, 
and took it a little bit lighter than a normal, let's say, class that I would do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when when teaching these classes and working with these folks, uh, what kind of things do you look for, or did you look for when you were teaching? You know, that made it differently from anyone else that you mm, right. Um, just from simple gestures of how holding a piece of equipment is, not understanding how to hold um, a band and where the band is supposed to go. Um, you can almost see someone in their eyes, they're really struggling to try and understand what you're telling them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're looking around and they're holding on. And I, I, dumbbells are a little different um, because you just kind of hold on to a dumbbell. Now, the movements, that would that would sometimes go astray. But um, holding on to the band was just a difficult thing. And again, if you're in a class that's very, very, very small, um, I mean, two, three max, you can be more attentive and one-on-one with each person, each participant. But when you're in a big class of 20 people, it's very difficult to do. And so that's, it's diff- it's hard. It's hard as an instructor, mm-hmm. but um, you can see it in their eyes in a way. They're just struggling, different from someone going, this is my first time using a band. Okay, so I hold it like this. Okay, this is comfortable. Because a lot of times the pain sensory is not there so they could be holding, like, say when you do, we bring the band behind our back and we do a chest press. And I've seen this many times. And you are supposed to put it underneath your underarm so it's not rubbing against your arm. Well, they'll bring it over their arm and then press. So the band is constantly rubbing against their upper arm. They're not feeling that. It's not a comfortable feeling. It's something that's, they say, a rubber band constantly rubbing. It eventually will cause a burn. They don't feel that. They're not sensing that pain. So they're just going along doing that movement. So, of course, that would be somewhere you would kind of um, get up prior to even starting that and assisting and showing where the band is supposed to go. Mm -hmm. But that's just an example if you're um, watching someone and you can just kind of tell. Um, It really is in the eyes. They're kind of glassy. You can Mm -hmm. just tell they're not... uh, understanding but they're trying so hard it it's uh it's hard to see it's hard to watch i mean i know anyone who's listening to this who has worked with anyone or has anyone um close to them with alzheimer's or dementia they know that uh it's it's hard to to deal with i can't even imagine personally but um Mm -hmm. the way i've dealt with it of course in my profession uh, in fitness world, it's it's hard because you want to help everyone and you want them to be able to get it because um, we know that health and wellness and exercise play a huge role in that. So um, you want to be able to to make sure they're still getting their exercise in, no matter um, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that you would be better, say, in a perfect world? You know, you mentioned these large classes and then you have just a few people. Do you think it would be better if you just had a smaller class with folks who were, uh, you know, did show Alzheimer's, dementia? (laughs) I mean, you know, would that be more ideal if you could do that out there? Right. Either that or if someone does bring them to a large class um, that's multi-level, so to speak, then having that either caregiver or uh, partner help um, assist. So they're kind of helping out with, um, 
anything that needs to be done mm-hmm. in the in the large class. Yeah. But otherwise, I'd say keeping it to smaller groups is is better. And um, working in memory care, it's usually smaller groups. Not everybody wants to exercise. It's not easy. Um, like I said, every day is really different. So it's better in smaller groups because you just don't know what you're going to get mm-hmm. um, when you're doing the exercises with them. <laughs> right, right. When you're working with people that show these signs uh, that are suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia, do you, do you get the sense that they know that exercise is good for them? Or is it more they're just mm-hmm. kind of following you uh, because this is the class they're in? And, you know, yeah. What... Uh, sometimes exercise will bring something out in someone. They'll remember what they used to do. Um, picking up a dumbbell, a lot of gentlemen will say they seem to be the ones who have done that in the past. And they'll be like, oh, I remember when I used to lift weights, I lifted, you know, 50 pounds. And so they'll tell stories. It makes them think of things in the past. It Mm -hmm. brings up memories. Um, But I don't think necessarily they're going, this is what I need to do every day, because they're just, they're not thinking that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I could go into a lot about seeing and working with people in memory care, but I don't think exercise is, they don't have a schedule and a to-do list anymore so much. Um, so it's really not a priority or something they think they need to do. Mm-hmm. That's why we kind of throw it in, in the middle of the day and see if anybody wants to come and join and do a few movements, um, just to get that exercise in usually. And I say bands a lot of times when I would teach in memory care, it would either just be range of motion or with an air ball. I didn't bring equipment in. I don't think that's necessarily a necessary, um, tool. For people, unless I'm working or I was working with someone in physical therapy, then of course it was for a purpose. But just to get mm-hmm. movement in, intentional movement, um, again, range of motion and or an air ball. Um, when I worked with people with bands and dumbbells, it's because they were coming into classes in independent living. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew they had Alzheimer's or dementia. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. They were coming with someone. (laughs) <laughs> All right, someone that could kind of help them. Yeah, spouses and, in this in these particular cases. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Uh, why is the air ball such a great tool mm-hmm. for 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 these kinds of exercises? <laughs> air ball is great because it doesn't have any weight to it. Uh, you don't have to be worried if it's dropped by the user um, and falls either in their lap, uh, on the foot, anything like that, or if anger comes out and they decide to throw it at mm, the instructor. Yeah. at someone else across the room 
that happens a lot um, that, you know, anger issues arise for no reason. They're not mad at anyone in particular. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to have a piece of equipment you know is not going to hurt anyone for the most part uh, if, it, if something were to happen like that. Yeah, I definitely would not want a dumbbell flying across the room. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, I can see so. why that would be such a great tool to use. And, <laughs> you know, if you're listening out there, if you'd like to see some great examples of an air ball workout, mostly seated, right? Yes, um, yeah. You know, visit our website and go to our workout section, and you can filter on air ball workouts. Yes. Um, <laughs> so with folks who have, obviously, these um, signs, it, do you prefer seated workouts or standing workouts? What What's <laughs> your... I prefer seated. I think seated is safest. Um, Again, even working in a small group, you can keep everything more confined. You don't have to worry about balance issues, um, things around that might happen. When a lot of times if they're already seated, they don't have the tendency to want to get up and walk away because they're seated. If they're standing, they just think it's time to go and they'll just turn around and leave, Mm -hmm. um, not even thinking they're in the middle of an exercise class. So I always found it best to uh, do the workout seated. And if anyone has done our workouts and they've done our seated workouts, they know that you can get an amazing workout seated. So um, yeah, seated is safest uh, for, again, I, I like to, in this case, put it not only for the participant, the person doing the exercises, but those around as well. Um, don't want anyone hurting anyone else, falling, etc. So seated is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And gets the job done. Yeah. And some people think, you know, with seated exercises, you're like, well, I don't really get a great workout. Right. But, but that's not true. No, it's not true. Because we're not doing major moves, right? Um, even in any of the advanced workouts, we're not going outside of this huge area that we're working in. So staying seated is good. Keeping things nice and slow um, is really important because it takes a minute to process, um, what I'm doing and what they should be doing to mirror or do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so going a little bit slower, um, we're not doing any crazy high intensity movements at a really fast, uh, pace. So mm-hmm. yeah, seated and slow, trying to keep it slow. Some people may hear this and go, well, I know someone at has dementia and they can do a workout. Everyone's different. This is kind of putting that umbrella over what I've dealt with, whom I've worked with, and what I think is best. If someone's listening to this going, I really am trying to get my so-and-so to do some exercise, what should I have them do? That's where this is going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That umbrella of what I've seen and the types of workouts people um, with cognitive disabilities, particularly Alzheimer's and dementia, um, can and should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about how you should slow your workouts down. No, it's always speed up, right? Yeah, it's always <laughs> more general. faster, yeah. heavier weights. Faster, higher, faster. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I like kind of diving into this, mm-hmm. like the importance of slowing down the workouts. Right. Um, why why do, you not, mm-hmm. do you think that there's not a lot of information out there? <laughs> Because it's not glamorous. It always comes down to everything. It's not, uh, we don't want to think about it also. We don't want to think about slowing down. We don't want to think about having a cognitive disability. Um, 
we don't want to think about those that we love having it and what they're we're going to have to do with them or what they should be doing. Um, we like to brush a lot of things under the rug that mm-hmm. aren't pretty, that uh, scare us, that aren't known very well until we see someone go through it um, or we're going through it ourselves, depending on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of things when they just aren't glamorous, they just don't get a lot of attention. They're not fun to think about. So why why talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we tend to go the opposite direction, I think, with our podcast, which I think is really great. But because uh, mm-hmm. we bring up things that aren't talked about all the time and they're important. Um, and they're things that are out there and people are questioning and they need to know. So... But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, working out slow and, and getting your workout done the right way with good form and with you, you know, leading them verbally in what to do. Uh, we get a lot of comments on your verbal cues, right. a lot of positive responses to your verbal cues. Does that help, especially if you're working with patients of Alzheimer's and dementia? Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, they love to hear the words. It doesn't mean that it translates though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think they just like to hear the words. A lot of times I'll put music that I don't normally put in our workouts, um, that we have on YouTube, I should say. Um, because on YouTube, if it's copyrighted, it's not the same. It's a little bit harder to get those workouts out there to people. Um, the way we want to, but, uh, so I'll put particular big band music on or some, uh, I'll say Frank Sinatra. I'm allowed to say the names, right? Um, and that just like lights up something in a lot of the participants. And it's almost like they get the movements better than even hearing my voice. They're of course hearing me say it still. I don't blare the music over me, obviously, but, um, it puts a rhythm into their movements a little bit more. So that's kind of helpful for people out there putting music on. Um, that brings up the memories, memories of movement, memories of dancing, memories of good times. Therefore, we must be having a good time while we're doing these movements. I'm going to follow along and do them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so with the verbal cues and everything, as we mentioned, I mean, we do get a lot of positive responses about that. Even with people, you know, everyday people will, will comment on that. Right. And um, yes, really compliment yeah, yeah. you on, mm-hmm. on, on that kind of thing. And right. I would think that it's probably even more important when you're working with folks who are kind of struggling to comprehend what's going on mm-hmm. or, and, and seeing what's, you know, the movements they have to make. Right. Um, so, you know, as far as what are some things that someone can keep in mind mm-hmm. if they are exercising or say you have a loved one at home mm-hmm. and you're, you want to do some exercises with them. What are some things to keep yeah. in mind about to keep them safe? Number right. one, keep them engaged and interested. Yeah. So of course, like we already said, keeping things slow, I think is very important. Um, if you're choosing to do workouts where you are standing, having something around them that they can hold on to, um, So if movements get a little faster than what their brain and body reaction time is, they can hold on to whether it's that sturdy chair, countertop wall, something. Um, Don't just rely on a person next to them because we're not walls. Um, We're great guides for people who need help with walking in some senses, but we're not walls for someone who's falling down. We'll all fall down. So uh, making sure they have something sturdy to hold on to is very important. Um, don't get frustrated. (laughs) The first thing we want to do when someone doesn't get something 
no matter what, is to get frustrated with them. Um, and that's, think about if you know you should be doing something a certain way, but your body's just not listening to your brain tell it that. Um, it's like being stuck. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is going on a lot of times with those with um, cognitive disabilities. So try not to get frustrated with the person you're helping um, while they're doing their movements and their exercise. Because mm-hmm. um, you're trying to keep things slow. Just let them go at their pace. Have fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll go into that one next. After mm-hmm. saying don't get frustrated, have fun with it. Um, any movement's better than nothing. Getting them to move their arms and march their legs is better than just sitting in that chair or laying in the bed all day long, even if it's for 30 seconds, I always say, because sometimes that leads to more. That gives them more energy. That um, makes them want to come back because maybe you did something that was fun for them. Um, So they know sitting in that spot at a particular time when they see you arrive to do that, they know, oh, we're going to do that fun thing. Um, A lot of times they do remember that. I remember walking into memory care, and if I had the bag of balls, they remembered the bag of balls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't remember me, um, but they remembered the bag of balls. So uh, they're colorful, those little air balls, and um, it just kind of lit up their eyes because they knew they got to kind of play with those and sometimes I'd let them roll them across the floor throw them up in the air and try and catch them all from a seated position Mm -hmm. Um, and I was the one who would get them if they went too far or when they were rolling them they went into an area and I picked them all up so we're keeping everybody safe when we're doing these fun activities Um, but having fun with it playing that fun music Um, that you know the group likes that will kind of again you see a spark you see something in the change in their eyes so Mm -hmm. um so having fun that way um remembering that each day and each moment is different so you might walk in and whether it's someone you know that you're working with or you uh, go into their room and oh we want to work out yeah let's do this And not even a minute later, it's almost a tantrum that's being thrown. I don't want to do that. I would never want to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't, um, that goes along with frustration, of course, but knowing that each moment of the day is different um, when someone is battling Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, So let it be. Uh, Let that moment pass. Um, If you have time, wait around. Um, If you're obviously, if you're with a group, then move along with the group and if they choose to join back in allow them to of course but um, know that every moment is going to be different Uh, so don't don't bank on how it started is how it's going to end Um, knowing that and um, trying not to compare it gets it's real easy to see one person and say well even if we're talking about our loved ones say well so-and-so's mom had dementia and she was still able to it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what anybody else or what the the book says what the podcast doctor you know says that they should be able to do everyone is so different and again that goes to every moment and every day being so different mm-hmm. for someone suffering so so remembering all of those things um, will make it more enjoyable again not for the person who is trying to help someone uh, get their exercise in, but 
makes it more enjoyable for the person who's dealing with their cognitive disability and we're trying to get to do some intentional movement every day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting things that you bring up uh, with people. You know, like you said, day-to-day, moment-to-moment may not even right. be the same. And no. we're not, as, <laughs> as people in sound and mind, we're not used to that. Right, we're yeah. We're not used to working with people where one minute they say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of turn around and next thing you know, gosh, no, I'd never do that. Right. Um, exactly. Oh, I've been in, I've taught, and yeah, one moment they're fine and they're about to work out. The next moment you turn around and they're taking their clothes off. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, right. it's just very different. We have to know that that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we, we just go along with certain parts of it and guide. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, every second mm-hmm. of every moment. <laughs> and you, I can see how that would be frustrating for you know someone especially someone maybe new who's coming in and is doesn't have that kind of experience and exercising with uh people like this uh, how that can be frustrating yes right or someone who has to deal with it every Every single day day, and they're the caregiver like a spouse and that's their life that's i think that's who i try when i would go in um to certain classes and i knew this was independent living so they weren't in a place where there were people watching them 24-7, um, caregivers and nurses, etc. This was their time to get their work out in. They just were bringing um, their spouses along because they wanted to get their work out in. And knowing that, I knew <laughs> to gauge and change things immediately when that person would walk into a classroom. Mm. Um, so again, we have to be aware always um, of situations around us no matter what but um knowing that again all of those things i just said keeping things slow understanding um not getting frustrated uh is very very important Mm -hmm. because that only brings up more anger and and uh animosity and these feelings inside of the person who's going through that emotion um and they don't know why Mm -hmm. (laughs) right right yeah there's so many people out there who i think are caregivers um, you know, that we never hear about in the home oh, yes. and you want, you care and love for someone and you just kind of want to find the best way to keep them healthy as much right. as possible. Cause it's hard to stay healthy even when you're of sound mind. Yes. Um, you know, Definitely. You, you need someone to ha- to look out for you if you are suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia in a, in a physically healthy way. Yes. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so, you know, in closing, what, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on, you know, this topic in mm-hmm. general and, you know, do we need to see more of it? That kind of thing. <laughs> well, of course we should see more of it um, because it is a prevalent topic. It's uh, happening more and more. I mean, more people are diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia every single second of every single day. Um, we have an aging population but even younger and younger people are being diagnosed. So um, we need to talk about it. We need to remember that even if someone is going through that, it doesn't mean stop. Um, Trying to get them to move as much as possible, of course, to their abilities, um, while they still can, uh, is very, very important. Um, Mm -hmm. So as instructors, as caregivers, as family. It's great to to have resources um, such as Senior Fitness with Meredith Workouts yes, um, that can indeed. help. 
Um, and even putting a workout on, there are many, many communities we've heard from that in memory care will just put workouts on. Um, a lot of times it's our slow stretching or range of motion or cardio and, uh, and just allow them to do what they can do. Um, don't expect them to do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to happen most likely. Um, so just getting a little bit of intentional movement in, it helps the brain too. They're thinking about things in a different way, how to move their bodies in a different way than they are most of the time during the day. Um, exercise in general is great for the brain. So, um, yeah, just remembering that it's good to keep moving no matter what. And yes, we need to have more of this out there, more discussions, more, yeah, topics when it comes to cognitive disabilities, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of it. (laughs) Yep, agreed, definitely. And it's definitely why we love getting a chance to talk about this. Hopefully this episode has been helpful to you. If you know of someone or you care for someone who suffers from Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, staying physically healthy is still very important as much as possible. Yes. Um, And being patient, being loving, being kind, being caring always is the best way to go uh, to achieve that. So Yes. Thanks for joining us on this episode, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.